It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, so today is August 17th, 2015, and we are on AC training class number six. So yeah, since we last spoke, any questions that have come up or any discoveries? Um, well, I haven't been able to practice as much because I haven't really felt like in the mood, but something that I, I, I want to mention was I felt like my intuition was a lot stronger the last few weeks. Um, like when Ginger Tree um, first got sick, he wasn't that sick, but when I went to visit him, I just had this like really bad feeling that he wasn't going to get better. Mm-hmm. And even when like a few days later they started saying he was getting better, I just kind of like knew deep down that he wasn't actually going to get better. Um, and then after Ginger Tree passed away, we adopted another cat. And when we got her, I had this just really horrible feeling that um she, I wasn't going to have a very long. Mm-hmm. And then a few days later, she r- ran away. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My goodness, girl, you've got a lot going on. Yeah, but it's just very interesting. I know. I just as soon as we got her, I just had this really bad feeling that she wasn't going to be with us for very long. Yeah. Did you happen to do any animal communication with her, or you know, based on that, ask her if she had an awareness about that, or did you just kind of keep it to yourself, which is fine I too. Just, I just kept it to myself because I didn't think much like of it. I didn't. I wasn't sure if maybe it was just because. I was so upset from Ginger Tree, but I, I don't know, I just had this really bad feeling that it was almost, like, I felt like I was like, there's not much point bonding with her because I feel like she's not going to be here for very long. I know it was very strange. Gotcha. Well, you know, we all have awarenesses, and, you know, when we have those awarenesses, yeah, I mean, huh, I mean, I wish I could tell you something, Alicia, to make you feel better, but, you know, um, all awarenesses that come your way as much as it may not be necessarily happy information, do embrace it because it's like embracing the knowledgeable part, the bigger picture of things that you're being given or as a gift in that moment. So I've had instances like that myself in the past and you know, you just kind of, um, there's not much necessarily that you need to do about it, but you just be aware. Yeah. Yeah, I just definitely felt that recently my intuition, like, I felt it a lot stronger. Good. That's good. Now, how did your intuition strength feel when you were ill? Not as good. I just felt like I didn't have, like, there was no point in trying, because I just didn't feel like I was able to. Okay. No worries. Um, When I have a light illness, I find I can still do AC work, which you'll find too, but when I'm feeling really, really bad... I will cancel my sessions and just reschedule. So good to take care of yourself. Um, If you're ever in a pinch and you really have to buckle down and do a session, you know, maybe with checking in with one of your animals for something, you can do it. Know that you can do it. How do you get to that space? Your body's not feeling great. You still take the deep breaths. You get as clear as you can. You can do AC work even with a headache. Um, It's not you know, fun, but it can be done, just so you know. Okay, yeah, I think I just thought because my body felt so crap that I wasn't going to be able to, but I'll de- in the future if that happens, I'll definitely I'll still try. Yeah, good. All right, well, are you set to begin then? Yeah, I'm all good. Okay, so I want to do some work with animals with fears. So two of the animals that I posted for you in that email are from a national mill dog rescue group here in Colorado, where basically all the dogs on their website come from puppy mills. Are you familiar with what puppy mills are? Yeah, we have quite a lot of them where I am. Okay, okay, good. So you do. Awesome. So, you know, the backgrounds are puppy mill backgrounds, and the biographies of these two individual dogs I posted does indicate they have some known fears. So, I'd like you to find which one, who you let me know who you're attracted to, and we'll work with that dog, and we will do what I call the sandwich technique, which is asking positive questions, and then some questions that one might, might you know, see as 
nerve-wracking or nervous or negative potentially for the animal to answer. Every animal's different. They may be totally neutral on it. We don't know yet. And then we end with positive questions, but it's kind of like positive, negative, positive. You sandwich it together so that you leave the animal in a positive state of mind when you leave and you don't end on a negative or sad note. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, uh, just speak to Doris. Doris, okay, great. So I'm gonna go ahead and click on her page here. Because I'll need to tune in with her as well. So let me just get there. There we go. All right, so she's a female four-year-old chihuahua. That is her photograph. She is known to be living at this point. Um, says the intake date. Okay, so she was pulled into the rescue in February. All right. So she's been there a few months. So she doesn't know us from Adam and since it does say that she can have um is learning to trust so trust issues with people it's going to be imperative that we both really introduce ourselves so let's go ahead and take the time to connect yeah. and introduce All right, and how does she feel to you as far as her interest level here? I think she's okay. Okay, so I'm just gonna, uh, she, she's a little bit nervous, I do sense from her, so I'm just gonna um, say out loud a few more things. So Alicia, or excuse me, Doris, Alicia is here so that she can practice her animal communication skills so that I can help her and so that we can both hear you as a contribution to you because have you ever had people speak with you telepathically before and understand you in the way we can through this work? She says no. Would it be of interest to you to be understood? I mean, we can't relay the information back to the rescue group because we don't have that in place. However, we can certainly be two non-judgmental beings that can listen to you. She says that's okay. She's not totally on board with this yet. So let's see where she'll take us. Um, if it's okay with you, Doris, we'd like to ask you some happy questions about yourself. She says that's fine. All right, so we wanna do a, a positive question. What is a positive question if you were on your own, Alicia, you might wanna ask her? Um, what's her favorite food? Just like a general. Okay, great, so let's both ask. I think she likes getting like tables wrapped. I think that the human food that they sometimes think of to her. You are absolutely right. That is the first thing I heard <laughs> table scraps, and I was like, okay, I was referring to dog food, but. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that is correct. You heard that. Now, if you were to ask her about dog food, what does she tell you? She has it because it's like her main food, but it's not really as exciting or her favorite food. That's true. Does she seem to prefer canned or dry? Canned food. Absolutely. She calls it mush to me. She prefers the mush. Okay, absolutely. But boy, you heard table scraps loud and clear, as did I. Well when done. I like, heard like table scraps, I saw like a woman like in a kitchen, like just like handing off pieces of food to her. Yes, yes, I saw that image too. <laughs> Excellent. I was like, I'm just learning to just say everything that I think. <laughs> oh, I feel welcome to share everything. That's awesome. All right, so another positive question. Um, does she have any um, favorite um, friends? Okay, Maybe. sure. I'm not sure, maybe there's like a blonde female. Yes, I hear a woman. Yep, good. You've got the female, well done. I kept asking her, well, what about other dogs? She's like, no, really the female. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so you are hearing her loud and clear. Yeah, I was trying to ask if there's any dogs, but I wasn't really getting anything. <laughs> well, you're right, because she wasn't offering. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so um, get a sense of how comfortable or not is she in talking with us right now? A bit hesitant. Okay, so let's do another positive question. We're trying to establish a rapport with her. What's her favorite activity to do with her owner? I or with her foster carer? Okay. When she has alone time with her foster carer, I, um, like when they go on walks or when they have cuddles together. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Walks I saw as well and cuddling, belly rubs as well. Good job. I think she um likes like the one-on-one attention that she gets. Okay, let me just check with her. Yes, she thrives with that. Absolutely. Now, get a sense of does this dog play favorites when she has multiple humans to choose from or does she love every woman? she like kind of latches on I mean maybe due to her past she kind of latches on to like fewer people and gets really close to them excellent you're correct yes she chooses one attaches and latches onto one you're right good job all right so we've got some insight into who this dog is and she is still a little nervous and I'm just gonna let her know Doris I want to thank you for being an amazing teacher right now because you are helping Alicia and myself hear new things about you, a being we've never met before. So I want to thank you for that. Now, how does she reply? But, um, that's okay, but I think she's still not too sure. Okay, okay. Any improvement at all? I find it a bit hard to sense, like, how animals sometimes feel about us speaking to them. Oh, I see. Okay. So, um, as you continue to practice, you'll be able to get a sense of how comfortable the animal is or is not with you, but I'll tell you, it made her happy. I saw her wag her tail in an image. So, indeed, she's, she's, uh-huh. I mean, it perked her up. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, let's see. It says here in her profile that even though she's friendly and easygoing, sudden movements and loud noises still scare her. So let's start there, sudden movements. So let's both say to her, I'll say it out loud so you can hear me. So Doris, your profile, which is a biography about you to potential adopters says, sudden movements still scare you. Is this true? Because remember, Alicia, we've got the human author point of view here. We want the dog's point of view. Yeah. really scare because she's not sure what they are and she gets really worried that someone's gonna hurt her okay you're right okay so yeah she is concerned about all that ask her how do you feel about being picked up her muscles in her stomach tense up a little bit exactly Very good. So one of her concerns too, she's saying is, yes, I'm concerned about what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing with those sudden movements. And I'm concerned they're going to hurt me and pick me up. Okay. So ask her, what's so bad about being picked up? She doesn't like the feeling and she's worried about what they're going to do with her. Correct. They're worried about what they're going to do with her, where she's going to end up. Absolutely correct. Good. So why don't you out loud explain to Doris the average animal lover's intention on picking up a dog like her? Uh, So normally when we pick up a dog, we do a... um, So to explain why we pick up dogs? Yeah, so that you're educating her because she doesn't always know why people bother or keep trying to pick her up. Um, 
Sujo, sometimes we pick up dogs to make it easier for us to move you to somewhere where we'd like you to be, but we never mean any harm or we'll never hurt you or take you somewhere that you don't want to be. Um, most dogs are normally fine with this. Is there anything else that we should say? Um, I'll piggyback on that, yes, so that you can you can listen and learn as well. So also, Doris, some people just find beautiful, cute little beings like yourself just so sweet looking, and so we want to go over and pick you up because we're doing it out of adoration. The average person who forces you against your will to be picked up because they find you so cute isn't doing it to be mean, although, yes, I acknowledge they may be ignoring your body language of I'm not comfortable with this, but their intention is actually kind. Okay. Um, sometimes people will need to move you from point A to point B, yes, for your safety or in this case of an emergency or, you know, for various reasons to make it easier to put you on a table, to dress you in your little outfits, things of that sort. Um, it's usually done with a purpose in mind animal lovers who are in fostering you right now or who are will become your adopted people would not move you for the purpose of taking you to a shelter because they've adopted you or to a place that you would typically find scary you may have to go to the vets at some point that's a normal part of domestic dogdom in the human world but that's for the sake of your safety and overall health and wellness it's done out of love do you understand this so ask her too, do you understand what we've said? Yes. And does she, well, how does she respond to what we said? So yes, she understands and, I mean, has it helped at all, Alicia, or not? She's going to try not being scared now when people pick her up. Excellent. So do you see how as an ACer you can help these animals with fears yeah. by offering education? Yeah, that's really amazing. Okay, good. All right. So ask her if there's a particular sudden movement that people do that frightens her that she'd like us to maybe help her through. Big I big footsteps like people stepping really loudly around her. Okay, excellent. So go ahead and educate her out loud on that. Sometimes people um, don't understand. Um, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to think how to word it. Uh, sometimes people, um, people are a lot bigger than dogs, and so sometimes they forget that you're down there and that you're quite small, and they don't realize that their sudden big movements can really scare you. But you have to. Um, but you shouldn't be too scared because, um, oh, sorry, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> no, nope, you're doing great. This is how you do it. So maybe you don't want to be scared because, continue. Um, they'll never intentionally step on you. Um, um, sorry, I just trying to think what else to say. I think that's great right there. Um, the only thing I would add is, Doris, we also want to let you know, sometimes people are just kind of moving through a room totally independent of you, not paying attention to you, not thinking about you. It's it's an independent activity, and so their intention isn't to scare you or frighten you, as Alicia said. They're just walking, just like you sometimes walk or run or move quickly, even though you got tiny legs that don't make big stamping sounds, and yet you're doing your thing independent of people. Now ask her, Alicia, do you understand what we've said? Yeah, she just wishes people wouldn't... Um walk so like loudly around her mm. yes yes indeed and we just want to acknowledge that we understand Doris I can certainly understand that from your point of view it'd be really hard being a really small dog like around so much big people yes it can be <laughs> indeed <laughs> yep um, loud noises it says scares her as well so ask her to tell you about that She doesn't like, um, like, I, I just have the feeling like, really, like, the door's being slammed or people, like, loud pe people walking in or out because she gets 
worried about who who it is. Okay. Let me check with her on that. Do you get worried about who it is? Is that who you what you told Alicia? Yeah, she says, and I don't know where they're coming from, these noises, or what they are. Um, but you're right. Their association with people, they do startle her. So you're right about the door slamming especially. Good. All right. So, hmm. In this case, ask her, is there something you wish you knew about loud noises so that maybe they wouldn't frighten you so much? Their source. Okay, yes. So, loud doors are obviously doors that are closing. Sometimes they get closed when a being isn't paying attention, and sure, I understand that can be startling. It startles me too on occasion as a human. Ask her what other sounds she's heard in the past that she cannot identify that perhaps we can help her with right now. I'm not sure if there's like a kid screaming or... Okay, so how about... Um, loud voices is what you're picking up here that she's telling you. Good. So explain to her why sometimes people, children or adults, use loud voices. Um, sometimes people use loud voices to get their point across, and it can seem quite scary, but it's never towards you. It's just something that sometimes humans do when communicating with each other, but it's not something that you should worry about. Okay, very good. Now, any other sounds you can pick up through her present or past where she's been uncertain of the source? I think just sounds of the, like heavy things like dropping. Okay. Okay, so go ahead and explain that. Um, sometimes um, humans will accidentally drop objects like plates, and it'll make a big sound, but it's something that you shouldn't worry about as it can't hurt you. Okay, so we wanna make sure that when we're offering her these things, we we pose words that, you know, we, we, we're never in absolutes. So I would just rephrase that to, you know, when the person drops the plate, it's gonna hit the floor, and chances are you're not gonna be near it. People are dropping stuff all the time. Again, it's not intentional, not towards you, and it's in, happening independent of you. Um, if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, it's possible it could, you know, touch you. However, that's pretty rare. Um, most of the time people just drop things and then pick them up again. Okay. Uh, yeah. We've got to be careful, Alicia, to never promise this yeah, or that. Yeah. Yeah, because if it happens in the future where, you know, she does get a plate lands on her and it spooks her, she'll be like, oh my gosh, that person told me a lie. Yeah, I would never want to, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So I'm hearing a buzzing sound from her, and I'm just going to tell her that maybe the doorbell buzzing, or it might be a phone ringing, or it might be a timer on an object like a stove uh, that's indicating to the person that somebody, or well, in the case of the stove, something is alerting them to a message. Maybe the stove contents are done baking, for example. Human stores have lots of machines and objects and cell phones and just things that create noise aside from people dropping things too. The world is not designed per on purpose to be scary to you, but sure, noises do happen around you. As you become more accustomed to the foster and eventually your forever home, you'll start to adapt and recognize over time the sound you hear repeatedly, and you'll start to be able to tune into the people if you haven't already, know that you can tune into them. And as they think about the object that's creating the sound, they will name it. Oh, that's a horn blaring. What's my neighbor doing outside? They hit my garbage can, things like that. And you will be able to pick up what's going on. So you won't be clueless anymore. Okay, so just take a deep breath, Alicia. And go ahead and check in with her. Does that help her ask? Does that knowing that help you at all? Yeah, she feels a lot more kind of like in the know now. She knows where they come from, so it makes her feel a lot better. Good. Very good. So, tune into her personality for a moment. Do you sense a personality where she's got outgoingness or shyness or something in between? Where is she on that spectrum? 
I don't think she's very outgoing. She seems quite like gentle and soft, a bit quite timid. But when she finds someone she really cares about, she's quite like loving and forms a really strong bond. Very, very accurate. Well done. Good. So who is she underneath the timidness? Imagine that all the timidness was to be removed. Everything that spooks her gets removed. Where is she now on the spectrum about going to shy and everything in between? She's a bit like cheeky. Uh huh. <laughs> She's perky. She's quite bold, actually, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> and I like to ask that or to feel it myself because then you can take that back to the animal and say this Doris. Truth, who are you underneath the timidness? And then, you know, they'll give you an answer or you'll perceive it, and then you can offer it back to them. Who you really are underneath the timidness is who you truly are. And no, Doris, you can step into that anytime you want. And you can do it in big steps or baby steps at whatever speed works for you. But truly, the timidness is not who you really are. You're really cheeky. You're really perky and bold. And I'd love to see your true self. Now, how does she feel about that? She hopes that she can be like that one day. Indeed. Indeed. Good. So that's a way of encouraging an animal. Because animals, I mean, I liken it to children, although you could just as easily replace the word with adults. Children and adults need encouragement. We need sometimes to reframe things or to think of it in a different way. All right, so it says, let me see, I'm scanning through. She absolutely loves her soft bed. We want to end with some positive things with her. So ask her, it says here that you love your new soft dog bed. Is that true? Yeah, she spends most of her day in it. And she loves to like nestle up with it because it's really soft. Okay, and what's its shape? It's kind of like round and like white and really like kind of like fluffy. Yes, it is. Well done. Um, she also gives me the image of like the shape of her body. So egg shaped, round shaped, yeah. same concept. Well done. And it's full of fluff. Yeah, so. <laughs> like a really good position. The way she like, like rounds up in it. <laughs> well done. And let me check with her. So did you tell Alicia that you spend a lot of time in it throughout the day? She says, oh, yes, I do. Good. All right, so it says that she's learning to trust people. So ask her, is it true that you don't trust all people? She has to because of her um, history. She finds it hard to trust people because they haven't always been the kindest to her. Okay, well done. Now, we'll, add, we'll end with one positive thing of education for her. Go ahead and explain to her out loud how from here on out, she's in a, we, you can use it briefly, she's in a foster home, she knows that much, and explain how from here on out, she's going to be exposed to people that are very open and caring towards her, whether it be foster people, foster people's visitors, chances are, um, as well as potential adopters, so that she can start to really consider trusting um so Doris now that you're in a foster home you're going to be coming into contact with lots of people and potential owners who'll be very open and loving and will want to give you a, a, like lots of love and attention and you can try or maybe opening at coming out of your shell a little bit more because a lot of these people you will be able to trust and they will treat you nicely well um, done what else should I say? That's, that's excellent. Now check in with her again. Anytime we offer information to an animal, you always want to check in with them. See where they are after you say it. I think she feels like, hopeful. Yes, she does. Good. All right, and it feels important to uh, ask, so I'll trust the universe on this. Ask her, do you understand that you're in a foster, which means temporary home, until the right match and forever home shows up? Yes, and she's 
waiting patiently for the right owner to come through. Okay. Very good. So well done, Alicia. You got that right. So go ahead and thank her. And we'll step away. Very good. So questions on that? Um, I just find it hard sometimes with like counseling them because I'm not sure what the, like, the best language is to use. Because like, like, like before, I was, I was the way I was saying it was too promising. Okay. So suggestion, speak from your heart. Speak from what you know and not what you don't know. Um, if you don't know something, be frank with the animal. I don't know how it's going to turn out for you. But in my experience, a lot of animals that are in foster care situations do eventually, for example, find their forever home. If the dog says, will I ever find my forever home? That would be an honest response. Okay. Okay. There are times, Alicia, I do use the word, I don't know the answer to that, to the animal, just like I would say to a person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, good. So going back to our choice of animals. Now, if you want to work with another fear animal, we can do Amber, the other dog. Or if you want to totally switch gears, we can work with Polly Octopus or Bally Reagan, Bob, the dog. Uh, the dog was an ex, well, is a Greyhound racer. He's not deceased, not an ex one. He was it. And Paul did some predicting for German Aquarius. Yeah, I'm reading about that. <laughs> so who, who do you want to work with? Um... The Greyhound Champion Bob. Okay, great. So, Bally Reagan Bob. So, I am going to just give you some information on him. So, he was a famous racing greyhound, okay? He ran over in Britain. He was famous in the 1980s because he won an awful lot of consecutive world records. So, this particular guy was born in, let me see, does not say here. Um, oh, well, in 1983. There we go. He lived to the age of 11. All right, so let's go ahead and connect with him. Let's just call him Bob for the sake of simplicity. Introduce yourself. Let me know when you've got him. Okay, excellent. I'm going to check in with him. Do you censor? He senses both of us. Awesome. So go ahead and ask him how he felt about being a racing dog. He loved the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. He loved it. Loved the thrill I of liked, it. He liked hearing like the crowd and everyone cheering him and getting really happy with him when he won. Yes, he did love the crowd. Excellent. Did you love the crowd? Did you tell her you love the crowd when they get happy? He says, I loved all of it, and that's a part of the aspect, so you're also correct. Well done. Good. I get the kind of like the smell. He loved the smell of chasing whatever the dead animal or whatever it was. Okay, it did have a distinct odor to him, and it was very much a draw, so you're correct. <laughs> Good. Now, when you smell it through his nose, what what is the lure? And I don't know what they use, so we're just going to have to go with what he says. What does it smell like? Like fresh, like, um, the smell of kind of like fresh blood. I don't know. Very good. You're right. I, I get bloody too. It smells bloody to me. <laughs> oh, which makes me very curious about what, what they're using for lures over there. I always thought they were fake, but maybe they use some sort of smell on the outside of the fake thing. Cool. All right. So go ahead and ask him, did you purposely choose to be born as a racing dog or was it just accident? I'm not sure. The first thing I, I got was like luck. Okay. So I want you to recheck, but don't just switch your answer. I want you to feel what he tells you. He chose to become a great a greyhound racer, but he was lucky. I think the person he came to. I don't know. It's, okay. I'm, not, I'm a bit lost. You're fine. So, 
Good job on the yes, he purposely chose to incarnate as a racing greyhound. <coughs> that part's right. Now, let me just see. Were you telling her something about the person? He says he was, so you're on the right track. So ask him. So the person or people, person, let's use person. That's what he says. The person that you, you are referring to here, did you purposely choose to incarnate with them? Sorry. Correct. I get no as well. So ask him, what were you trying to tell me about the person? He was lucky to come into a person who was so good with managing this. Yes. Game. Yes, you got it. Well done. My goodness. You are awesome. <laughs> yes, you're right. He just says um, different words, but same energy. So what I hear is, yeah, the person who I came to didn't mean to be with him, and yet yeah, I indeed valued what he did to train me to be a good racer, and he took good care of me, which is the managing word, good good management, okay? It's really like, interesting, like, hearing, like, how a dog would want to be born into, like, the racing, because hearing, like, Melbourne recently, there's been, like, heaps of controversy over, like, racing and like, how cruel it is and, like, all the deaths caused. So it's just really interesting to hear the perspective of a dog who does... We did enjoy it. Yes indeed. yes, indeed. Now, ask him, do you think all racing greyhounds enjoy the job? No, not everyone has it as lucky as he did. Okay, excellent. No is correct. Well done. Good. So ask him, why did you choose to be a, a racer? He loved the thrill of it. He got a lot of sat. He got a lot of. It um, gave him a lot of satisfaction. Good. Yes, it did. And I think he felt like he he had like a purpose. Okay. Ask him. Did you feel like you had a purpose? So I think he's going to like helping his human person. Okay. So yes is correct. Now let me check that second half. Oh, he does say yes to that as well. Well done. He also is explaining that he stole the hearts of many who followed him. Okay, very good. <laughs> um, so ask him, Bob, do you believe there is value in, well, dogs like yourself racing? Yes, but not as much as the time he was there. I think he feels like the, the industry's changed quite a bit since he was in it. Okay. Um, he does tell you, yes, it's not as good as it used yeah. to be, at least for him and his experience, comparatively. Yeah. Okay, good, good. All right, excellent. Now, there reached a time when he was eventually retired from racing. Ask him his awareness and why he thinks they retired him. He wasn't he wasn't winning as much anymore, so he he didn't have the um, money value that he like, that he used to have. Okay, very good. So yeah, say different words, same energy. So I'm hearing him say, "I was getting slower," which is everything you said. Slower slower. Excellent. So he wasn't winning as much. So do you see, Alicia, I like to say what I get in addition to what you get so that you can see we're reading the same energy, even though it can sound different. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, good. So ask him, did you win your person a lot of money? Now, this is his opinion, and we have to go with whatever he defines as a lot. Yes, he made his person quite wealthy, but the person gave back to him with, like, lots of love. Okay, so let me check on that. Did the person give you back lots of love? That part is definitely true. You know, it's funny. He tells me no. I hear no. I didn't win them Sorry. a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Now, from the human perspective, I'm sure he did. Otherwise, he wouldn't be famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, I hear him saying no. Um, which would make me ask him the follow-up question, why do you say no? He says you owe, his perspective is you have to race almost your full lifetime to win lots of money. So he's looking at money from the accumulative perspective. Okay. 
Okay. It's very interesting, too, when you ask opinions, Alicia, of these animals, because when you ask them their opinions, you have to, as a good ACer, let go of your own opinions or how people would see that particular animal. Yeah. And when, I think I let my own views get too much, and I was like, well, obviously, he made lots of money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, a lot of people do that. So, um, great question, so that you can experience it and, you know, keep that in mind <laughs> next time you do it. Okay. So go ahead and ask him how he felt about his retirement. He felt quite bored and like um, unsatisfied for a while, but then he he kind of got used to the whole routine and enjoyed his like final years. Okay, you're re correct about he got bored in retirement. Well done. Let me check other pieces of what you got. So did you tell her that eventually got used to it? He says, I did. Okay, he did eventually get used to it. And what was the last bit? Um, I forgot, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, uh, I, can't, I can't recall it either. I'm sorry. That's okay. Alright, what question do you want to ask this guy? Um, does he feel bad for the other um, greyhounds? in the industry who, who weren't treated as well as he was. Okay, great. He finds it sad because the industry, like, he, he feels that he, so a lot of dogs can, like, will, will enjoy it so much, but they shouldn't have to feel, they shouldn't have to be treated poorly just for their humans. Okay, so I hear him say yes and no. So you've got the no aspect. So let me check on the pieces of what you got for the no. Are you concerned about how people treated the other dogs? He says yes, that was indeed a concern for him. Not everybody was, dog-wise, was treated kindly. And he witnessed some dogs, yeah, negative stuff happening to them. So that's correct. Um, what's the yes part, though? He, as in, he doesn't feel bad. Yeah, I think because he 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 knows like how how many dogs really enjoy the running part of it, and a lot because a lot of dogs actually um sorry I don't know where that parent properly, but um a lot of dogs do enjoy the sport. Correct. And ask him, do you think most of the greyhounds that enter racing chose to be a racer? I get no as well, and that answer surprises me, but I also hear no. Huh, interesting. So just out of curiosity, ask him how many... The average spirit, since spirit is the one that goes into a body, right? Okay, so how many spirits, in your opinion or awareness, Bob, generally are very selective, like you were, in becoming a certain type of animal? What percentage? No, I think maybe I, the first one I heard was 60%, but I'm not sure. All right, so let me check with him. You got the answer quicker than I did, so how about what percentage actually choose to incarnate? Yeah, he says about 60% is 63%, 63% uh, is what, yes, I'm getting as well. So it's a little over half. <laughs> and the others, it's just like a, a crapshoot. It's like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, Anything else you want to ask him? Um... Not that I can think of. Okay, very good. Um, I get that he's offered us a whole wealth of information. Yeah. So let's go ahead and thank him. And we will step away. All right, so we've got time for a third. Who do you want to work with? Uh, and the, the email you sent me last week was one of a guinea pig called Spartacus. Oh, yes, I completely forgot about that. I did send you pictures. I, I thought I had, but then I couldn't find them. So I was like, no, I guess I didn't. All right, excellent. Let's work with Spartacus. All right, so he has been living with me for two years now. He's probably about three years old, two or three years old, um, best guesstimate, and he's male. Okay, so, he is cute. <laughs> he is cute. <laughs> so let's go ahead and connect with him. He's surprised, so state your intention of why you're here. 
And how does he feel about us working with him? He's like a bit not too sure. He's okay with it, but he's a bit like, why? Okay. Yes, he was surprised and now he's okay with it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So questions for him. Go ahead and ask him to describe his cage for you. Two levels, I think. Um, she has lots of fresh hay. And anything else? Um, yeah, part of it's got a blank, a soft blanket. Um, the other part, like the um, hay. He has all his food in one area. All of this is correct. Keep going. Is there a little, um, like, soft toy or something in the cage, or am I not? Um, it may be the soft bed. It's like a little tiny, you know, you know, cat beds that are soft and on the floor. Okay, he's got uh, a guinea pig-sized one. Okay, it's all Good. So ask him to describe his bowls. He's got two bowls with the same identical guinea pig pellets in each. Um, ceramic, I think. Yes, well done. And is one kind of like um, a mixture of like white and like um, that brick red color? <laughs> that would be, yes, the ceramic one, which I made on the pottery wheel by hand, which is why it's two-tone. <laughs> well done. And anything on the second bowl? Is the second one like a pattern or? Not a pattern. See if you can sense the material. It's not ceramic. Is it a metal one? Not metal. One more, one more feel. I'm not too sure, sorry. Okay, <laughs> no worries. So it's a yellow plastic. Okay. Okay. Very good. It is two levels. He has fresh hay on the upper level, indeed. And it's like all fresh hay up there. And next to it, he has a little area of the pelleted food. And it does, all the food is indeed kept on the second level, which is all in one area. So soft blanket is, I use fleece, similar to the, in the photo there, as blankets. I do not use shavings because um, it's less smelly and it's easier to clean and less costly. They can breathe it in, isn't it? They can, they can what? Yeah. What did you say? I can't use them, like, breathe in the particles from, like, uh, the um, Absolutely, right, right. So he doesn't have to deal with the dust factor and, and the worry about cedar and all that type of stuff. Correct. Well done. All right, well, go ahead and ask him how he feels about being in the living room. His cage is in the living room. It's great because he gets to see everything that's going on and watch everything, and he feels part. <laughs> yes, indeed. Good. So as there's people coming in and out of the living room, because our main door, of course, you know, faces the front of the house, which is in the main living room, um, he sees people coming and going all the time, and he sees the dogs and the cats bouncing around his cage. Now, he's very secure in there. Nobody can, you know, touch him, hurt him, of course. But ask him, are you at all shy regarding this? Does this scare you, all this movement? Not really, because he's used to it. Very good. Very good. It feels like I'm quite confident. Yes, he is. Yes, he is very confident in guinea pig. Um, so now we have um, my boyfriend, fiance's parents will come actually to visit and they'll bring their very sweet, large female Doberman who is very intrigued by Spartacus. She likes to put her nose up to the cage. Ask how he reacts. feels a bit overwhelmed, but I don't think he's too worried because he knows that he can just hide and he can't really, um, the dog can't really get in. Could, yes. He's always telling me, I know I'm safe. So he yeah. does do a particular behavior consistently every time she sticks her nose in. So ask him to show you or tell you what he does. Does he kind of go in circles or? I don't know. No. Ask him. Do you run away from her when she does that, or run up to her? Does she run, does he run, like, up and down the front? He sometimes will, which excites the dog further. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. He will actually stick his nose right, he'll run right over to the cage and put his nose up against her like he's got a death wish. So <laughs> it's, it's like, we have to watch because, you know, she could shut top off, you know, the end of his nose. I mean, she's pretty, he's pretty safe, but still very good. So ask him, this, this guinea pig has been trained to do tricks for treats. So ask him what tricks he knows how to do. You can um, jump up onto his back paws. Okay, okay, while leaning up against me, yes. And I've asked him to do that trick before, good. And see if there's another one. He knows three or four of them. Can he uh, walk around in a circle? Yes, that is his favorite one. So Alicia, I'll take him to the bathroom, close him in. Me and him will be closed in to protection away from the other animals. And he's got the free roam to do, you know, to run around in there. And I will show him a treat and tell him, Spartacus, do me a trick. And he will turn in a full circle and then wait and expect his treat. Are his treats kind of like um, dried kind of like rings or something? Um, they are things like um, shaved off pieces of carrot. Uh, chopped pieces of vegetable, strawberries, <laughs> mm -hmm, things like that. Good. So every morning I give him one or two types of foods, fresh food. It's his morning treat. Ask him what I give him. Bok choy, is it? No, but how did that come through? As a word or as an image? Image. And what did it look like? Okay, greens. Okay, that part is definitely correct. It's um, dark green lettuce. Uh, okay, yeah, I know why I got That's okay, G give yourself credit, that is correct, good. Ask him how he feels about eating carrots. He loves carrots because they're sweet. <laughs> yes, he does love them. He goes nuts for carrots. Very good. And if he I- get as much as he wants. Oh, that is true, correct. <laughs> and I don't give him as much as he wants because he could get diarrhea. Yeah. So, so ask him what he does when I forget in the morning to give him his treat and he needs to remind me. He squeaks really loud. Yes, he does. Really loud, Alicia. You can hear him, you know, back in the back of the house. <laughs> well done. All right. So ask him where I got him from. How did he and I meet? Did you get him from a shelter? Very good. I did adopt him from a shelter. He was located in a PetSmart. I don't know if you have the PetSmart chain out there, but it's a, a pet store. And yes, he came from a shelter and he was just advertised there for free at PetSmart. So I adopted him. Well done. Ask him why he feels he got turned into a shelter in the first place. Was he with um, some kids, like a kid's young family who kind of just got over the novelty? Okay, well done. I get, yes, I get that there were children. Um, I get at least one boy, but I get multiple children. At least one of them was a boy. Uh, and yes, they, they just kind of got tired of him. So that would be getting <laughs> over. I hate how people treat guinea pigs and rabbits like that. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I also have the point of view where it's like if you don't want them anymore, they know they're not wanted. And yeah. not all animals want to continue living with someone that, who doesn't want them. <laughs> I think of it like, you know, I don't want to be with a boyfriend who doesn't want me. Right? Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So is there any question on your mind you'd like to ask him? Um, maybe how does he feel of, like, um... A lot of guinea pigs are having the best lives. Okay. I feel like he's very, he's kind of just like accepting of it that that's just what happens to a lot of guinea pigs. Okay, yeah, he says they take their chances when they come down here. Yep, so same idea. Um, Ask him if he's ever been a guinea pig before in another lifetime. No, I think it's his first time. Well done. No is correct. So let's explore that a bit. Ask him, have you ever been a human?
Oh, well done, Alicia. Yes, he's been a female, a female yeah. woman. Well done. So ask him, how does being a guinea pig compare to being that female human? Life is a lot more simple. Okay, let me check with him on that. So did you tell her that? Uh, he does tell me, yes, he did. Ask him, do you have, did you prefer being the woman more than being you as a guinea pig or any preference one over the other? Okay, he does have a preference though, so go back and recheck. I think he likes being the guinea pig a lot more. I think it's just a lot more simple and okay. I don't know. So I don't get that. I actually get he preferred the woman, being the woman. Okay, and when I asked him why, because I was curious about that too, it's like because I can do a lot more. Okay. And of course, you know, if you ask another <laughs> guinea pig in that situation, he could give you a totally different answer. <laughs> so, very good. Alright, excellent. So, ask him if he thinks he's going to be a guinea pig in another future lifetime. No, I think once is enough. Very good. No is correct. Ask him, do you feel that you're getting enough attention from Danielle? Okay, yes, he is getting enough attention, and you're right. Yeah, he would like, well, when he's asking for more, it's not more attention, it's what is he wanting more of? I think just see, like being around you more. I think he doesn't feel like he needs. Okay, so do you want to be around me more, Sparty? Is that what you're telling her? He does say yes to that, so you are correct. I'm also hearing him say more food, more food. <laughs> Fresh food, specifically. Okay, good. So ask him how he feels about being picked up by me. He doesn't really love being picked up, but he's kind of okay with it. Okay, so you're right. He doesn't love being picked up. Okay, um, ask him if he doesn't want to be picked up by me, what does he do? He hides. Yes, he does. Where does he hide? The corner of the cage, I think, is it underside that's harder to get him? <laughs> yes, exactly, and all of that is true. It's harder to get him. He'll go into his little plastic purple igloo, or he'll go back to the corner of the cage as you're exactly getting. Um, his igloo, he usually shoves in the corner of the cage, which makes it doubly tough. <laughs> so, he and I have established a very comfortable way for him being picked up that doesn't involve my hands. Ask him to tell you how that, what, what that looks like. Do you use like a blanket or? How is that coming through? Kind of like when there's a blanket like underneath him and you just lift him from that. Okay, okay, concept is right on. Instead of it being a blanket, it's actually his plastic igloo, which is put upside down. And then... Uh I encourage him out of the corner and give him a few seconds to do it on his own and he chooses, fully by choice, to walk into the upside down thing. I put my hand over the cover or the little entrance so he doesn't fall out and I lift the whole thing up so that way I'm not touching him and he's cool with that. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah. Good. Okay. So he is also trained to push a car with his face <laughs> for a tree. It's a little matchbox car. Ask him how he feels about doing that trick. Anything for food. <laughs> very he pretty much do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he will do anything for food. Very good. He's very easy to train. Okay, very good. Ask him, do you think that trick is easy or hard or, or something in between for you to do? I think it's a bit, it's easy to lose balance a bit often, it, but it's not that, the trick's not that difficult. Okay, could. Yeah, I hear him say it's easy. Not difficult at all. Okay, very good. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to ask, Spartacus? Um, no, I'm good. Alright, one more thing, because it's coming to mind. Ask him, how do you feel about your name? I feel like it makes me feel like kind of like a, like a superhero. Okay, does your name, did you tell her that? 
Uh, he says, no, she gleaned that herself. So <laughs> go back and recheck. How do you feel about your name? Okay, so um, he doesn't care for his name. Uh-huh. All right, totally not. You know, he he's like, eh, it's okay. You know, now he's not in hate. And Alicia, names are important sometimes to ask animals, especially when you come across a really unusual name. Um, I had a friend growing up who named his cat Motorhead. I mean, it's like really. So <laughs> check in with the animals. Sometimes they're totally cool with whatever the person names them, no matter how ridiculous or you know negative the name might be. And other times they're like, I, I'm not happy with that at all, and I'm going to be sad or melancholy because of that until you change my name. You look somewhat like quite sensitive towards it. Correct, correct. So it's good to inquire. So ask him, well, what kind of name would you have called yourself? I'm not sure if this is just my own mind, but I was saying, like, Holly. Wow, well done. Very, very close. I hear him say Harold, which is not oh. that far off from Holly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well done. Oftentimes, animals are after the either a meaning of the name or word, or they're after the vibration of what it offers. When I got uh- Lyra the Black Cat, I don't know how I knew what I knew, but I knew I had a name or something with an L. And Alicia, L names have never in my life been my favorite. Harold is a name that is like, kind of like, ooh, who would name their <laughs> guinea pig Harold? And yet that's what he comes up with. <laughs> so oftentimes they, they'll have suggestions. Would they have heard that name? Like, would Spartacus have heard the name Harold before, like in a past life? Or like, where well, does he get it from? Okay, great. So ask him, why Harold? just sounds cool. You're right. I hear him say I like the sound. It sounds cool. Oh, Alicia, you are doing fantastic. You always do fantastic every class we work together, but it's like, wow. I I really really enjoy it. Oh, good. You're a very strong <laughs> um, beginner. <laughs> I'm like learning like the different perspectives cuz like I find like a lot of like animal issues I'm pretty like I can be a bit too black and white about certain things like greyhound racing. And so I found it really interesting to hear, like, the perspective of that they actually, like, they enjoy it, like, Bob enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And I'm trying to be kind of, like, less too full-on in some, like, animal issues. Right, because those animal issue perspectives are your human perspective or what you've picked yeah. up from society. But the animals can have a whole different point of view. So if you're willing to let go of your stuff to find out what, how they feel about it, Wow, that'll take you so far, and let me tell you, it will shift over time your points of views about black and white, this or that. Yeah. It's happened yeah. for me. It's really easy to get kind of wrapped up in all the animal issues that people like, you know, like, all animals should be in captivity, you know, things like that, when there's some animals who enjoy their life in there, which I'm just trying to, like, myself learn. Exactly. You're right on. Well done. All right. Well, are there any questions that come to your mind that you want to ask before we part ways? Um, yeah, I just wonder if you have any tips on trying to find um, lo- like lost cats because I've been mean, trying to, I w- I'm trying to find a cat that we've lost, but I'm just kind of like not sure if there's anything like my end that I can do that would help. Lost animals is a specialty amongst animal communicators. Yeah. It's very challenging. Um, I've done some of it. It's not my preferred cup of tea at all. Um, yeah. Tips for you that I can offer would be, you know, make sure you're as calm and relaxed and don't have the point of view of, oh my gosh, I want my pet home, um, because that will sway what you get, or it might put you into fear about what you might hear, and you'll block accurate information if the animal says, I'm passed, or I've chosen another family, or whatever. Um, Ask them for information on what's below their feet. What do you feel or see animal below your feet? What do you see around you? When you look up in the sky, what do you see? What do you hear? Do you hear people near you? Do you see other cats? Are you in a neighborhood? Are you in a wilderness? Ask them open-ended questions. Avoid yes or no. Are you to the left or to the right? Avoid that because direction I find can it doesn't really seem to come through too accurately. Now, there are people out there who are ACers that do something called map dousing. I don't do it myself, but people, some people do it, and they can take a map, and they can actually zone in on the area or region where the animal is, sometimes with immense great accuracy. There's a gentleman named Tim Link. He's an ACer here in the U.S. who does a lot of that. 